Today, on a very special episode of Guilty Movie Pleasures, Cameron Lewis can't be with us. No, he's still alive. Don't worry. Don't start sending sad tweets his way. We have two special guests on the show today. Paul Soder, a.k.a. Officer Foster himself, and Andy Palmer, self-proclaimed Officer Palmer himself. And we are talking the comedy classic Super Troopers. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasures. Oh, yes, Guilty Movie Pleasure fans. Do we have a fun show in store for you? Because it's not often that you get to listen to anybody other than Cameron and I just gas on about movies, let alone one of the stars from the movie we're talking about. And that is Mr. Paul Soder. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. My we're pleasure. excited to have you. Have you never had somebody from one of the movies you've been we, talking about? It's been one other time before we had we did Revenge of the Nerds and Booger came on the show. That was very fun. Booger himself came on the <laughs> or show. Curtis Armstrong. Or Curtis Armstrong. His mom called. Curtis Armstrong. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And also Curtis Booger Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, Andy right. Palmer's here. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are yeah. you doing? Good, good. I'm Ben Begley. I forgot to say it. You know, you you know that. Anyways, so we're here talking Super Troopers. But before all that, we want to give a little bit of a backstory on you guys. You guys work together on a film that's a little different than the Super Troopers, one might say. Uh, polar opposite from that. It's a darker, grittier film. Badlands of Cain. You want to say a little bit about uh, that? Tell the audience what they can sure. expect. Sure. Uh, fun little thriller. A little love letter to the Twilight Zone and, and, and Hitchcock. Uh, Paul plays our resident baddie, Terry. And uh, it was amazing working with him. And, and uh, yeah, that's that's it. It's out, it's out on VOD now. You can check it out. All the, all the major platforms. iTunes and Google and all that good stuff. So, give it give it a watch if you like yeah. if you like a good thriller. And Paul, what was it like playing something completely different from you know a little bit darker than Super Troopers or Broken Lizard uh, things like that? It's uh, it's a blast because I don't think of this as being acting. Yeah. It's even in the different movies. Essentially, what Broken Lizard is doing is some version of just how we are idiots among ourselves when we hang out. Yeah. Um, so I don't ever feel like I am performing, and yet. Uh, when I was young and like in college and stuff, I really I, I was into acting and being in the theater. So when Andy and his producer Warner offered me the opportunity to do an, an acting part, I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I, I you know I'd like to see if I can still do it. Which was very different from the conversation that Warner and I had on the way to meet Paul when because. Warner was like, hey, uh, so the background of how we met Paul was, Paul's also a director. He did a, a movie called Dark Circles at, awesome. for After Dark, and Warner's connected with After Dark, and so he's like, hey, I think we can get to Paul Soder for this movie, and I was like, great, I would love Paul Soder to tell me no. So that would be, <laughs> that would be amazing. And so we're driving to the meeting the whole time, and I was like, I wonder how he's going to tell us no. Like, you know, like is he going to be nice, or is he going to like throw the script in our face? I feel like I let you down. I and, feel like I never yeah, get to, he, should we do it now, just the, yes, the experience? Like, no. It's a great little script. It's even better when yeah. it's a great little script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a great little project. I think you can yeah. do real well. Yeah. Not fun. Me. Have but fun with that. Pass. But it was the total opposite. We sat down. He's like, "Hey, listen, you guys got something here. I'm, I'm interested." That's awesome. Yeah, because I'm also, you know, Andy mentioned I had written and directed a horror movie, and I was a horror movie dork before I was ever even a, yeah. a comedy dork. Uh, I've been many dorks over my life, but same uh, here. Um, same here. You know, very early on. Uh, developed a fascination with uh, uh, you know genre movies, and so that was the other really cool part of the opportunity was not just to you know, play something dark, play something heavy, but also you know be in any kind of a horror movie. Yeah. I, you saw me; I, I freaked out on social media when the the poster for yeah. well, oh, for Badlands yeah, it's, it's a really great kind of cool retro and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, there's yeah. no way I was going to say no. And does the horror geekery, does that kind of feed into a movie like Club Dread? Is Broken Lizard as a whole, or a lot of you guys horror geeks and stuff like that? Um, to various degrees, but I'm absolutely at the top of that yeah. horror dork food chain in, in Broken Lizard. So, you know, and each script kind of, out of necessity, you've got one person who's really got to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. So once we'd agreed on this conceit, um, since that's my role in the group, then that really was my movie that I took a lot of ownership of. So, you know, like when you talk about it being uh, a, a movie that you really like, I always like hearing that. Oh, yeah. Because essentially it's, 
it's probably the least seen of our movies, and yet it's the one that's kind of my baby. So I'm, I'm always a little sensitive about that, but also makes me a sucker for when somebody. No, I love Club Dread. It. I love Club Dread, and in fact, it um, to me, it's one of the few horror comedies that works because we've talked about before when this. I got so excited, I realized I got so excited about my guests on the show, I forgot to do a proper intro for either of them, and uh, it's new. It's not, I'm not used to this. I'm just. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline used to Cameron being here. But, uh, you know, Paul Soder, he's been in Super Troopers, uh, uh, Badlands of Kane, Beer Fest, Club Dread, Super Troopers 2 coming out. And Andy, in case you didn't know this, Andy directed um, The Funhouse Massacre, which my wife and I co-wrote together. And it's another horror comedy. Right. And also Badlands of Kane as well. And uh, Find Me is another little I did. Uh, ghost flick. Oh, yes. Yeah. Also also available, please. Yes. That one's for free. Yes. Man, you, can, <laughs> you can just get that no one. Excuse. Just watch that right now. Yeah. So, you know, awkward intro about three minutes into the show, but that's fine. But what I was getting at, though, is that um, Andy and I, when we were talking about Funhouse Massacre, is that it, that also is a horror comedy. Um, and what we've t- what we talked about is that horror comedies either lean too far on the horror or too far uh, or not enough in one direction. You have to like you can't just ride the middle. And I think the Club Dread does a really good job of making it super funny but gory as shit too. And so you get those slasher moments. But you still get really funny, uh, like it's, and it doesn't go to, to. In my mind, it's not like a spoof necessarily. Like it, it stays in the realm of a comedy right. still, and doesn't become a scary movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, I think there, there are moments where we wanted to have fun with conventions, yeah. which you, you, you want to do. But yes, it was always, at least from my point of view, more of a, a love letter to the movies, those yeah. fantastic slasher movies yeah. from the you know the early '80s that, that we grew up on. Um, it, it reminded yeah. me is. If I still know what you did last summer, it was a comedy. Because that, that also yeah, yeah. takes place on, on an island. On the island, yeah, 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 for sure. For if sure. it was a comedy. Anyway, so I guess we're here talking about Super Troopers. I got sidetracked because I love horror films so much. Super Troopers. So what was... I, I wanted to have Andy and I describe how when we first saw it, and then Paul kind of the fruition of how the idea came about. Because I remember seeing it in college with my buddies when it came out. And it was like this sleeper hit that everybody was talking about. And the trailers... This was, I think, before really YouTube became like huge I just remember seeing trailers here and there online and then we all went to the theaters at the Athena at my college in Ohio and were just dying laughing and it became a movie that the second it came out on DVD I watched and I don't know how many times we've quoted Meow or Shenanigans or it just it just nonstop. Who wants a mustache ride? Anytime I have a mustache, which is rare because it grows <laughs> very awkward. Anytime, <laughs> anytime I have a mustache. Anytime in my life I've had a mustache. I've tried to say who wants a mustache ride so many times. So it's one of these things that became really influential to me uh, in in the world of comedy and in the world of a lot of just it seems like it came out of nowhere, you know, like is so often you get these these movies that have like all these big names in it that try and be really funny. And this was just you could tell you guys were best friends and you were this awesome comedy troupe that had been working together for years and then it just it just clicks on so many levels. And it's it's clear because the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is ninety percent that audiences agree. Yeah. But I think that was a big part of the trajectory of it. Uh, you know, I think what people respond to is like what you mentioned, so many people have these stories of I saw it with my buddies yeah. and um, they immediately recognized their own idiotic sort of oh, yeah. relationships with their buddies in, in what the characters were doing and also clearly the people behind the movie, um, you, you, you felt that. And I think that's, you know, if we're going to talk about, like, a movie getting bad reviews or whatever, I think, you know, that's, like, that's a very ethereal thing that, that unless you kind of can identify with that, I think you're going to miss the, the, the charm of it. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 because we all know with comedy, that's completely subjective. Somebody's going to like it, somebody's going to hate it. But I think that the, the reason that you had that at the time was you know, critics. I don't think are the same kind of. You don't. You don't think of them as being people who they finish writing their article and they go like have fun anywhere. Their, yeah, on the, on the couch <laughs> with their buddies. I, it's just not that food group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, we were talking uh, before the show how two of my favorite comedies 
in general in my top ten, I'm not bullshitting, is uh, Wet Hot American Summer and Super Troopers are in my top ten. And both of those critics did not get, but audiences love. And, and it's just, it is that disconnect, I feel like. A lot of times I feel like some of the, uh, most of the movies we talk about on here, audiences love and the critics just don't get for some yeah. reason. Yeah. There's a disconnect. Like, and with that, I think Wet Hot American Summer also has that kind of homemade among friends mm-hmm. feel. And mm-hmm. I think if you're a critic and you don't find something funny, then the next thing you're going to kind of look to is like the craftsmanship of a movie and not to take anything away from either of those movies, but they're just had a sense of being kind of thrown together quickly uh, among, among friends. So, you know, I can see why a critic would sort of miss on that, too. Yeah. yeah. Andy, what did you, when did you first see this? Same thing, college. Uh, and it was, for me, it was like, it hit me on two levels, because it was the same thing. You, we started to hear about this movie, and you guys, it was a Sundance. You guys hit it Sundance, Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. And, and so everybody was kind of talking about it, and so I was, you know, super into filmmaking at the time. And then that idea that these guys were just friends in college that got together and made a movie and I was like that's what we're doing but we're way less talented <laughs> so, you know, but it was man like, we're doing the same thing just our movies are way less funny yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and and so like it hit me on two levels and I same pile in the car go watch the movie and you're just like I mean the the first to the to the opening title card it's relentless humor. oh yeah like it's a it's one of the best openings because it just yes it just hurts your face it's so damn funny you know, well, and also because I remember at that time was when I just started drinking a little bit and partying. I was a very like sheltered and kind of prude kid when it came to anything. I was like, I am not gonna have a beer till I'm 21. It's bad. And then I just started partying. So there was always that fear when you're we were walking while drunk in college, but that fear of being stopped by cops. And so it was I was just reaching that point where I understood. <laughs> How cops fuck with people, yep. and oh, by the way, you can swear on the show. And uh, I just understood at that point, and that that scene, that opening scene, is relentlessly yep. funny, like yes. you said. And I don't know how many times we. I still have never tried a snozberry in my life, but right. I'm sure they're going to taste like snozberries <laughs> yes. when I do. Lick in the glass. I think you're, you'll find them quite enjoyable. I'm very excited. <laughs> I want, I'm going to get some snozberries after the show today. I just don't know where you get them. Oh, at. The snozberry district. It's yeah, it's, uh, down there. Yeah. 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 Hashtag snozberries district. <laughs> so, Paul, how did this come to be? Like, when uh, when did this idea come about? How long did it take just give us any kind of rundown on the process of getting this made well before we ever did any kind of movie making you know we'd gone to college together where we started doing sketch comedy and where'd you go to college it was colgate university upstate new york awesome so at that time you know this was a while ago and so you know what comedy groups tried to do then would be you'd go to the city and you'd, you'd, you'd do improv shows and maybe you'd get on tv you'd, you'd be like a, a, a upright upright citizens brigade of the state and that's the kind of track we were trying to do, and um, not, not having a ton of luck. I mean, we did a stage show that you know yeah. our friends would come to see and, and drink enough well, beer that there. they would invite us back. And I've so been that, there. <laughs> you know, for years and years in New York, that was just our our routine. And then um, we kind of got inspired by uh, the this, this sort of '90s indie film explosion about like, well, wait a minute, you know, we liked making short movies as a part of our stage show. But then we thought, oh, we're getting to a point where people can make weird little movies and actually, like, people will see them. Yeah. So we'd made a movie called Puddle Cruiser that we did back at Colgate University. And, uh, like, I really had a blast trying to do sort of more long-form storytelling. And that had gone to Sundance and had, had done pretty well and, and definitely encouraged us to, to make more movies. And then Super Troopers was something that we, over the course of the next few years after we'd done Puddle Cruiser, that just, you know... We knew that was the next thing we wanted to do. We were spending a lot of time on the road, and so there were a lot of like times of the five of us packed into Jay's Saab, driving around, promoting Puddle Cruiser, or doing shows, where we just, you'd think about the dumbest, weirdest, funniest things that could happen on a highway, and then thinking about, well, you know what, the guys who work on these highways all day are, are highway patrolmen, and all, all the goofy shit that they would have to do, especially if it was, it was at a boring uh, location and and so that just became the, the the basis for the conceit and you know it took a long time uh, to find somebody willing to sign off on that give us the money to make that um, but what was nice is that that was then you know three years of writing and rewriting yeah. and rewriting yeah. the script um, and, and so finally we found of, a guy speaking of the writing because uh, there's five of you that write, correct? The yeah. five of you that... And how, do, how does this... Just for people out there who are screenwriters or things like that or have writing partners, um, what's the process with that? I know you said that Club Dread, you took point on it. Is it something where, like, you take different scenes and then you rewrite them? Or is it, like, a group write? How does that... How do you We've guys do that? tried it different way over years. And, you know, I know 
different writing teams that, that also break it up different ways. For us, it was just about keep everybody in the room together as much as possible to get that spirit of, of how we just riff with each other and try to crack each other yep. up. Um, but inevitably, somebody's going to have to put pen to paper. Uh, we've tried splitting up scenes, but then you end up with a... a, a a script is written in five kind of styles and five voices, yeah. so it doesn't really help. So we kind of settled on, okay, it's shitty, but like every time we get together and we're going to just riff and we're all going to get high, somebody's going to have to <laughs> get, keep their shit together enough to get it all down. You guys are drawing joints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got and, the short uh, one, yeah. and so every yeah every script has got somebody who's got that thankless task of like okay shit all right wait a minute he said this and then he said this and then <laughs> we went off and started talking about that and I, wait I'm not sure that's even related but I should probably write it down anyway uh, and then you have to go and you know you do that to create an outline you bring it back to the group and the group looks at it together and riffs on it some more you know then it becomes the same thing with actually writing scenes and you you go away and you 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 try to capture what what everybody said in the room and you bring it back and the the group all all does it together so. and how did you decide uh which characters was it something where you specifically were writing characters for yourselves or or did was there a fight over like who got to play anything or or are the characters i guess how similar to real life or something yeah as well? i mean you it always ends up being kind of a version of yourself but um we've tried it different ways in the case of super troopers specifically i remember Jay, to his credit, saying, all right, let's not even have any conversations about casting until we've done a ton of uh, drafts. So that what you would avoid the idea of people favoring yeah, themselves right, right, or whatever. Big fight, and, yeah. and, uh, and then we'll cast it, and then we'll do another five, which will give everybody the chance to, to be selfish. And, and uh, <laughs> But so that's a case where I like, remember specifically doing table reads in our, uh, our, our little rented office at the time where... We took passes at it with people reading different parts, and I was Rabbit for a while, and and uh, Eric was Farva for a while, and and just read it until you know as soon as Heffernan read Farva, it was like okay, well that's <laughs> that's settled, because uh, um, that really is like Farva is Heffernan at his sort of unfiltered, you know. I feel like all of us have a Farva in our yeah, lives. Yeah, sure. the, yeah, yeah. And it, that's what's funny too is you know you get pulled over by cops, or you run into cops. And you realize that every cop that I've ever met since then either has a Farva at their office that they talk about at their station, or that one officer who doesn't recognize you and doesn't think that you're being funny <laughs> is the Farva. Yeah. So you're like, okay, that's the Farva of that station. Because that's, because that's Farva, right? It's, it, yeah. We have had that Farva in our lives because Farva is the guy that tries so hard. Oh, like He wants to be part of the group so bad. And you almost want, you're just like, damn it, if you were just not such a... A-hole. We would want you to be in this group. I have, but but you're but you're not. I have varying degrees of Farva. I don't have anybody as extreme as Farva in my life, but I've had. I have some people in my life that will like a joke. It'll be like everybody will be kind of joking in a circle, and the joke will be going around, and it'll come to them, and it's just like they try, and it's just. But they don't realize that they failed at the joke, and they laugh harder than everyone else. <laughs> yes, and yes. then everyone's just sitting there, kind of like. Oh man, I need another drink. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta go. Anybody need anything? And then it just dissipates. Yeah. Well, it's been the, the, the one of the interesting things about writing the sequel because we've now the process of getting the sequel financed has actually taken longer, frankly, than it took to get the first one financed, uh, um, which is insane. Which is insane. <laughs> Completely insane. Um, but now I think we're on draft thirty-one. Thirty-one. We continue. You know, we shot some of the end of last year, and we're going back. So, so we're rewriting again. But it's been funny because. We've realized we're all such fans, though, of Farva now yeah. that that the the sequel was so Farva heavy for a while. Right, we're like, well, right. wait a minute, and we kept all. <laughs> we realized at some point that we kept pushing him and pushing and pushing. Let's see how much Farva can push the envelope. And then at some point, this was in the last few months, we kind of looked back at it and we're like. Have we also made it now that Farva is crazy? <laughs> like, are we going to have to now explain that he had like a tumor yeah. in the intervening time because he's he's like. Farva to dialed up to eleven yeah. in almost yeah. every scene now, which is great. Like we find it so funny, but it is my fear that people are going to look at the the sequel and be like, 
Farva really went off the rails. Yeah. It, but they, they might enjoy that. It inevitably happens. It's always like, my, it's my yeah. argument. Sitcoms do that where it's like, mm-hmm. you know they've gone that one season too long. When everybody comes this hyper version of oh, yeah. like, Friends season 10, it's like, Ross is just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Monica because, just cleans so goddamn much. Because eventually you run out of, you can't just repeat the same thing. Yeah. I, I think uh, an example of this that sticks out of my mind is like the Hangover trilogy where Zach Galifianakis' character just by the third one is just batshit insane right, and right. you're just like what what choices are being made here it's just but it you know it, it, it you got to you have to escalate but I, I do think like you're saying it is a delicate balance between the two but you, I have no doubt that <laughs> plenty of Farva will go a long way and be well, fun. You guys didn't and have be very that. fun. In the first one, you didn't have that. You guys are just writing a movie to write a movie. There's not. You now you have a responsibility to the fans, and like that, that's yeah, yeah, got to yeah. be a pressure for you guys. You know, and it's been a different, yeah, a very different experience than even writing anything that we wrote after Super Troopers. Where, I mean, you know, I think if it's at all possible, we actually have written thinking just about what made each other laugh, yeah. and that's been. Yeah. Part of I think what works for us, but yeah, this has been different in terms of definitely getting into arguments about like, well, look, uh, you know, not necessarily even about having an obligation to the audience, but just as we think about something like an actiony scene or, or, or something like that, having to be like, well, okay, yeah, that would be fun to do this car chase, but is our audience really just there for kind of more of what? people seem to have loved about the first right. one yeah. and that the interaction the comedy the characters and stuff like that so yeah it's been an interesting thing to, to have in your in your head as you write yeah. 30, I was 31 drafts worth 30, 31 <laughs> drafts worth how many drafts did I make you do a fun house like two uh, that, well, may, we, that may explain a lot Sundance <laughs> Officer Balmer over here making you <laughs> making you two drafts of your script I had done about Renee and I had done about eight before oh, okay, you okay, came okay, along okay, and then good, we did good, good, but we did that massive nine hour session where we went over every but line this, I have to ask you because it fascinates yeah. me because I do work with some uh, husband and wife writing teams yep. and have always felt like it might be impolite for me to be like, God, how the fuck do you work with your wife, with your spouse? But as long as we're here, yeah, I mean, how, it's, how, do you do, how do you do that? <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where we've actually, ever since we started dating, we've been together almost 10 years now, and ever since we started dating, we've done comedy sketches and written stuff together, web series, shorts, things like that, and um, so just kind of it's. I think if we had just been like, hey, let's just try and write something. Let's try and write a feature together. We might have just killed each other. Not literally. But um, but since we had been for years collaborating on things smaller, and it just kind of built very case by case to a bigger project. But don't get me wrong. There are times where I, she's the more level headed one, and I'm the one who's like, that that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. I don't like that. I don't like that. And she'll have to be like, Ben, just listen to me for a second. And I'm like. Okay, you're right. Yeah, I'll, I'll she's, th- she's very calm. And like Ben, Ben, I don't, if anybody's ever spent time with him, is Ben. There's a moment when Ben gets in his own head, and you're just like, oh, Ben is checked out. And I'm, like, and like, I'm like thinking, yeah, that- it's just all over. And Renee, Renee is just like this kind of more calming presence. But then it's the, but then when Renee kind of like. She goes. She goes to that next level. Then Ben becomes his calling. They're just we balance like, each other. They out. totally do. We balance each other out. What I find so funny is I've I've observed it. I do a lot of work at an ad agency. Um, in between projects, and there is a married couple copywriter mm-hmm. uh, um, team that sit near me, and and there are just too many times where I overhear them, and they're fighting about a project or a script, and I I come to realize it's like they're not really fighting about the script; they're fighting about something that happened this morning. They're, oh yeah, they're talking about the script. Oh, yeah. but this is not. Uh, Clearly, yeah. like he did something, they're, he fucked up, and she's right. mad at him about they're, it. Like, yeah, not. there have been several times where it's been like uh, uh, me. The the thing that my my wife will get annoyed with is when I write, I go into like this cave where I just I don't come. I listen to the Social Network soundtrack on repeat, and I drink a pot of coffee, and I just go and go and go for like four to six hours straight. And then she'll come home, and I'll be like, I wrote 30 pages. And she'll be like, that's great, but did you walk the dog? Did right, you, right, right. What are we going to do about dinner or anything? And I'm like, <laughs> the bathtub isn't overflowing. Yeah. For- and, and so uh, when we were writing um, we were writing Funhouse and a few other projects, it's like, she'll be like, slightly behind in pages, but she'll be like, that's not fair. And I'll be like, babe, you got to catch up. And she's like, it's not fair because you go into this like trance yeah. and don't accomplish anything else with the household. <laughs> and then you expect me to catch up with your pages. So that's the only time we really <laughs> butt heads is when I go into my weird um, vision quest. I want, I want to meet this couple. I'm like, God damn, that oh. cat litter. That cat litter. 
<laughs> so I, I, I forgot to say in the beginning of the show we might we might try and sneak in a few meows here and there um, for the rest of the show if we if we so feel like yeah, it. Is that one? Does and, that count uh, as that, that, that counts as one? one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think sure. right meow from here on we're gonna do that. And uh, did you hear that, Zach? Oh, Zach's gonna have the impossible job of trying to count all the meows we say. Okay. And sound clips, and three-minute counter, and everything. But also, you at home can count them. Right. Although those first three were gimme, so I don't know if that we could all really try doing as many as possible as fast as possible and see right. if Zach's head explodes. Like scanners happens. And well, <laughs> so I have a funny story that's yep. like very organic to the meow, um, you know, world. And mm-hmm. tally that one. We already said fourteen somehow. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, but. Uh, so we were on the set of Kane, right? Uh-huh. And it was Paul's, was it your first day? I can't remember. It was one of your very first days on set. We were at this film ranch in Santa Clarita. And our first assistant director, um, Eli Barker, is kind of walking our background through the stage and stuff, or through the, uh, the blocking and stuff like that. And so Paul's there, everybody's there. We have all these kind of people in this, like, church scene. And, um, and, and Eli's like, and so what you're going to do is you're going to come down this aisle and then you're going to park right now. And everybody fucking freezes <laughs> because, and he had n- literally because he just he he, he, j- he had just does part of his vernacular just didn't even think about it. And you're it. all thinking, and, oh shit, what if that's the one and thing? Everybody, that- everybody freezes, and Paul goes, "My contribution to Western society." <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's it, there's a there's a a look that that you see on a person's face. When they want to meow you and they don't know <laughs> if they can, they don't like because it's true. Nobody knows me. I was in an airport. Uh, I was stuck in an airport on, on Monday, and you'll see there's a look, and you'll see a guy looking at you, and you know he wants to he wants to, to meow you. But you know, what if I'm just that asshole who snaps and it's is like, like I'm sick of it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Who, who, who knows? Uh, uh, so it's a it's a fun thing to see in people's eyes when yeah. How but now did it did that did the aftermath of that was it kind of like a Family Guy joke for you where it was funny at first and then it got a little old and now it's funny again because it's it's happened so often to you people coming up and say, have you ever been pulled over and a cop said meow to you or anything like that yeah yeah I mean I don't get <laughs> sick of it because I'm also like I'm not a celebrity and so it's not like. Have a cow, dude. It's not like I. It's not like I walk out the door and I'm inundated with it. It's you know, it's it's still enough that it's always like ah, it's nice to know that people are are, are thinking about me. Yeah. And, and I think the only tricky part is that I still struggle with what's the right response because there's nothing. I don't know what I'm supposed to say other than <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to an immediate sort of comeback. It doesn't necessarily open up an, an automatic conversation. Um, so it's more like my cross to bear is just like how to sort of show my appreciation and at the same time just yeah. I, I, well, what do I? Uh, and, and you have uh, a funny level of celebrity because your your face is so recognizable, but because broken. So many things are, I think, attributed to Broken Broken Lizard, Lizard, where it's like not everybody knows your name. I remember we went to the movies one time, and we walk out, and this girl comes up, and she goes, you're him. You're that guy. You're him. And and you were were so cool. You're like, yep, I'm him. Uh, She's like, you're – but from that movie. (laughs) And I was like, how weird must that be to be like, you don't know me. You've come up to me, and now – I, I don't know a, how to respond. Uh, <laughs> yes, I am that man. I had a celebrity sighting once. Uh, some kid came up to me, in, and not that I'm a celebrity by any means, uh, and this will make sense when I finish the story, but he came up to me and he goes, you're him. You're you. Can I get a photo? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he takes a selfie with me, and I'm like, who am I? And he goes, you're Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and then he walks off, and I'm like, first off, not Ryan Reynolds. Secondly, definitely not Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. And I was just like, yep, that's my life. <laughs> that someone mistakes me for someone way more attractive and famous and rich than me. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. You were the oh, yeah. inventor of oh, I'm Reynolds, sorry. right? I'm sorry that you were mistaken for Ryan yeah, Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing, though. I couldn't tell. If, I was standing with a buddy of mine, and afterwards, we couldn't tell if that kid was just fucking with me or if, like, like if he was going around saying that to every, like, something to everybody. No, no. like Because he had seen, he clearly seen you in something. I don't think so. And stuff like like that, you know, it's like when that, people come up to me and they're like, you're him, you're Chris Farley, and I'm like, he's, <laughs> he's fucking dead. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> meow, Andy, you're being hard on yourself right now, okay? Please. 
Jeez. Uh, so there's so many. Th- there's some things I found on on IMDb that they were saying that um, that the that I wanted to clarify to actually see if this is true. Mm. That the syrup on set that Rabbit and and um, and why can't why, uh, Ch- Thorny, Thorny drink yeah. is was real syrup in the close-ups. Is that yeah, yeah, true? Yeah. The intention was you know surely we, nobody would actually have to drink maple syrup, but um, really nothing. No other fluid behaves yeah. like maple syrup, really. So um, once they realized that, then to their credit, they were like, well, we're going to take a shit and dive right in. Yeah. How many takes do. did they do of no, real? I mean, not a ton, but it doesn't take many no. takes to, to fuck you no. up on that stuff. So I, my, my recollection is they probably each of them did two and a half or three Ugh. bottles. That's but like it, instant diabetes. That's yeah, just it, like... wrecked, it wrecked them. It, <laughs> wrecked them. it had and to have. They, uh, and they had sworn off of it smartly for a long time. But it's also, um, it kind of becomes that thing for them, like with Meow for me, that they get sort of challenged to do that a lot. <laughs> People are just sending the maple syrup. In the <laughs> well, you guys it's go amazing how often, yeah, somebody's like, oh, want to come chug this maple syrup with me? And so they're like, no, that's, there's, there's, there's no way we want to do that again. But we had, I can't remember what we were doing, but we were uh, promoting something, and we were on Attack of the Show at the time, back when Olivia Munn, who's a buddy of ours, was, was hosting. And she had had this notion of doing some kind of syrup chugging thing. And there, these guys who, you know, have have were very firm in their resolve to never do this. When asked by Olivia Munn, you can imagine that yeah, resolve melted sure. pretty quickly. Uh, okay, and, and, I guess so. Yeah, Olivia Munn. Sure. So they agreed. To, they agreed to do it. Uh, but what they said was, we we want to avoid that diabetic sugar coma thing. So we would have to just do it with sugarless maple syrup, which they did. Uh, and it was Olivia and Jay and Eric and somebody else, and all four of them got violent diarrhea <laughs> afterwards. Whatever's in the, the fake oh, shit is worse God. than the real uh, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. and, but they just, they're still like, it was awesome to be getting texts from Olivia Munn throughout the course of the day, like, oh, God, I just almost shit myself again. <laughs> Is it weird that ma- that, that <laughs> makes Olivia Munn more attractive to me, that she's okay saying that stuff? It, it, I think so. Yeah. Not I the image so. of her shitting, but the idea that she's cool enough so to... So free about it. So no, free no, no. about no, it. No, that is what, uh, um, if uh, hanging out with her during those years, I haven't seen her lately, but that she was, that's what's very charming about yeah. her is... She was very much like one of the guys. Like one well, of the guys. and she was kind of doing that before the big push to have female comedians be more like the guys, mm-hmm. like the 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 uh, Paul Feig trend that's happening now, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, and I think it's very much who she is. She just yeah. happens to be. She's a very goofy, goofy person. Yeah. yeah, I know it's a little late in the game, but why don't we do the uh, three minute recap of the movie since we haven't gotten into that yet? Do we think we can do that, Zach? How do we feel about it, so guys? That's the clock. That's the clock. That's the, that's the bomb that you were wondering about earlier. Yeah, so we're yeah. going to try and do... Oh, man, it's, there's so many funny things. i got to try and remember everything that happened. I'm just going to keep passing it back and forth between all three of us. Okay. I'll, I'll but we're s- trying to go sort of chronologically to yeah, convey Yeah, as the much movie. as we okay. can. Um, and I, my brain may, may explode, but let's see what happens. In five, four, three, two... One. So we start off, there's these three stoners, they're all getting high, and they're talking about you know, the beachfront property and all this stuff, and if they own the beach or the water, I'm getting way too detailed already, and then uh, Thorny and Rabbit pull up behind him, or pull up next to him, and they're like, oh god, you gotta eat all the weed, and so the kid in the back, he's eating all the weed, then he eats all the mushrooms, and he's getting super high, and the cops start fucking with him, there's all these hilarious moments that happen, there's the snozberries, tastes like snozberries, there's uh, we can't pull over any further, we're, we're, pull over, we're already pulled over, sir, and then uh, uh, Mac comes driving by, speeding, You're not make it oh out Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> so Matt comes driving by, and they find out that it, then they realize he's not. He's just one of the cops. And then title card, boom! Now somebody else take it because I just did terribly. And then we head into the uh, diner, and they have this maple syrup chugging contest. Uh-huh. In uh-huh. which case, you know they're fucking with the rookie as usual. And then we move into roll call when Farber tries You're to much fuck with the rookie. <laughs> when Farber mo- moves in and tries to fuck with the rookie by putting a bar of soap into his coffee. Oh, good one, Farva. <laughs> got you good, fucker. Yeah, got you good. Fucker. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then oh, oh, nope, nope. no, 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 Paul. <laughs> uh, we get called out to uh, uh, because there's a trailer and there's a dispute about whether who, whose uh, uh, jurisdiction that was us and the local cops and then we know there's going to be a fight and we go we find a dead body and there's a pig in there yep. and that uh, uh, then once we get out we fight with the local cops and then we go ahead and give them jurisdiction and then O'Hagan yells at us um, but we 
Minute 35. <laughs> and then uh, you and Ursula are at a baseball game, and there's some rivalry between the local cops again. And she says, uh, oh, you can punch me. And then she closes her eyes, gets hit with a baseball. Then she hits you with a snow cone, which I heard was real ice and really hard for several takes. And then uh, you find a semi-truck carrying weed. You get locked in there by a big biker guy. And uh, there's a Porsche scene where the two coolest Germans ever get pulled over. And um, the uh, the German woman's they're, they're actually titled German Man and German Woman on IMDb. And uh, Max jerking off while clocking it. And uh, that has no, that's just a funny moment to me. And, oh, God, there's the threesome scene with the mustache ride. Jesus Christ. Andy, you go. It's, just, it's, just, it's too complicated. It's, it's too many and then, and then at one chokes. point, Yeah, and then at one point, Farva has to go turncoat. And he, yeah. you know, and, and because... The, after, the, his the, yeah, yeah, yeah. after his oh, leader yeah, of cola. Oh, yeah, yeah, the leader of cola scene. Uh, and he he opens up the cup and it spills all over him and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, and then he has to become a, a bad guy for a second. But then he decides to become a good guy. He gets washed in, uh, he gets washed in powdered sugar and okay. uh, shower. And we see and his... We, and we, see right. we, we think the key to saving our jobs is to get the Winnebago and take all the grass that's hidden inside the Winnebago and present it to the governor, uh, uh, Governor Jessman, as played by Linda Carter. But it turns out the local cops were ahead of us the whole time, and there's no pot in there, just a bunch of garbage. So we lose our jobs. And as we are all saying goodbye and going after one last final wild night out with O'Hagan, uh, we stumble upon the plan that the local cops are in the airport. Uh, making some sort of t- switch over transfer with some French pilot to give him the weed, and so we get into a shootout Six with seconds. the local cops. Uh, and then O'Hagan has to get into a fist fight, and, uh, and then we you're win. beer deliverers, and you see the guys from the beginning all over again. Yeah, see? nice. You did it. See, I just started, I forgot that my notes are almost entirely like jokes that I thought are really funny. So I'm like, oh god, oh god. You <laughs> well, the joke, but, but that's a, that's kind of the thing about Super Troopers is that it's like it's like the plot is. Just, you know, the plot is there. It kind of moves us along and stuff yeah. like that. But it is this movie that is just chock full of scenes that you're just like, I just want to hang out with these guys. Oh, I, yeah. I could care less what this movie's about. I just love, I just love, <laughs> like, just want to hang out with yeah. these yeah. dudes. And, I, and, and that's been the interesting balance trying to, to hit on writing the sequel, too, is that even though nobody really busted our chops for sort of the thinness of the plot, although we made it sound in three minutes like a pretty Byzantine yeah. Yeah, affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we were we challenged ourselves for the sequel to say let's make this plot you know compelling on its own whether we've accomplished that or not we'll find out um, obviously not at the expense of of set pieces we you know we wrote a ton of set pieces um, but yeah we also what we're striving with this one is um, there'll be it's actually I think it's really good storytelling yeah. it's a really interesting conceit um, so that hopefully that is as interesting as, as, as the rest totally. of it is funny but I think that's super smart too because yeah. now you're you're doing what you didn't you know you, you're not like okay we're just gonna do the same thing mm-hmm. over again you're mm-hmm. actually you know you're like alright here's the part that you know was a little thinner on uh, you know in the first movie so now we'll hit that one hard and then everything will feel a little bit more like yeah. yes we're, we're here for this and I think I want to do a couple I want to roll through some sound clips we'll go We'll go along as we keep talking, but uh, the the opening. I mean, I had to end up. I ended up having to delete like five sound clips because otherwise, half my sound clips were going to be from the opening because it's just like a joke yeah. parade, like we were talking about. Um, do you have pull over up there, Zach? Can we play that one? This is when. Uh, oh, there we go. I, I, I'm already pulled over. I'm already pulled over. Pull over farther, man. I can't pull over. Sir, I'm already pulled over. He's already pulled over. He can't pull over any farther. I don't know how many times in college we were like, I can't pull over any farther. Where it's like, hey, dude, pull. when we'd be talking, we'd go on like road trips and have our walkie-talkies to like Florida and be like, hey, pull over. We gotta use the bathroom. I'm already pulled over, man. I can't pull over any further. You took walkie-talkies on the road trip to Florida. Were you guys? When did you go to college? Twelve years old? No, no, it's (laughs) because. That does sound really weird. Like my nine-year-old son, <laughs> we got there. communicates with his buddy bus too. That walkies. We had walkies because uh, we didn't want to keep calling each other. So if it was like, "Hey, we got a bathroom break," we had two cars, and it was like, "Pit stop, all right," or "You're getting too fast, Roger, Charlie, Junior." That or, wasn't a call. Uh, who wants cotton candy? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or who wants to go pull over and play with army men? Did you even go to college? <laughs> I did. I did. I majored in acting, which uh, a lot of good that did me. But you know, that's something. Uh, let's see. Oh, then there's. Uh, I'm. Uh, you are freaking out. 
out, man. This is uh, when the drugs are starting to kick in. For I love that. I'm pretty sure his name is college student number three or something. Yeah, <laughs> or backseat college student. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you gave them credit for being college students. But but Jim Gaffigan gets Larry Johnson. By the way, Jim Gaffigan is named Larry Johnson. But everybody else, there's German man and Ger- yeah. and I think German man has been in a decent amount of stuff. If yeah. I remember right, I've seen him. Oh yeah, he's a, one of my best friends, Philippe. Brennick he's been Meyer. in a ton he's, of stuff. He's uh, uh, he works a fair amount here, but in Europe, he's actually quite a big star. Yeah. In, in Germany, especially, he was the uh, the leading. He's like the Richard Chamberlain of Germany, and oh. it, Germany does a lot of. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> but they do a lot of these like romantic movie of the weeks. That's apparently still like every every week you could see a new original, and there are always these really lavish international productions where he'll play like a like a, a, a lonely uh, r- ranch owner in Scotland or something like that, even though the movies are always done in German. They, they, yeah. um, so he, he does a ton of those. He, That's awesome. So he's, he's quite, but he's quite he famous. But he was German man in this yeah. movie. I do. And uh, when he's freaking out, uh, can you just play that you, you, you are freaking out, man? You know how fast you were going? Uh, 65? 63. <laughs> I'm freaking out, man. You are freaking out, man. 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 Sorry, that's just littering and littering and littering and smoking the reefer. <laughs> and uh, the Snozberries quote, just this will be the last one I play from this scene because uh, I don't know. Like I said, I have to track down a Snozberry dealer somewhere. And what is it? Has anybody ever had a Snozberry here? No, I that's think from, it's a fictitious. It's, it's from Willy Wonka. Oh, it's yeah. I was hoping I it was real. No, no. no. Willy, so in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, shows it's a how, film. It shows with, uh, how Gene you know what. In my defense, in my defense, <laughs> I haven't. I only know the Johnny Depp movie. I haven't. I haven't seen Willy Wonka Scooting since over. I was. Now I'm so sad. I was gonna go get a snot. Well, right meow. I just looked like a dumbass, but it's okay. Snozberry. Snozberry. Never heard of a snozberry. That's and what then, it yes, is. And then and then Gene Wilder says, you "Should open your lips a little bit more when you talk." <laughs> so now that I've embarrassed myself, let's play the snozberry. Snozberries taste like, like snozberries. <laughs> so since this movie came out till now. I've been thinking that snozberries were real and that I was missing this in my life because I barely... Wa- I saw Willy Wonka a few times when I was a kid, but not enough to remember that. Wow. So at least now I know that there's one more thing I can check off the list. That but I- you know what? There might be a lot of people who... Think snozberries are real. Well, and, and, and I think there's a British chocolatier that makes Wonka candy. <laughs> now everybody's so. making me feel better in the room. <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We're too cool. nice. We get fake snozberries. Hey, no, listen. I'm sure somewhere there's a snozberry. <laughs> oh, oh shit! I got you, good fucker. <laughs> good timing on that yes, one. Yes, indeed. Good timing on that one. We got to play the meow clip because. And where did the this joke? How many different versions of, like, how many different games did you guys go through, if you can remember, or were there alt versions, or was Meow always the front runner for you, <clears throat> for your scene? I mean, that... Because they run that, through other ideas, like, you want to play the Nervous Donkey or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that was one of the, probably the first things that was even ever written. I mean, that, that I remember back to us being, uh, we were out here, I think, working on like a TV pilot or something and we were all we'd all stay in one we had no money so we would all five of us in one hotel room and 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 you know you just you just get lit all night long and 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 goof around and uh that just it it somehow the the, the idea was that we we had come up <laughs> it's so hard to it's hard to convey a conversation you had when you're stoned <laughs> later on um, but uh uh was that the idea that, that that there was like a, a wizard who that was his his curse was he would he would put a curse on you and replace your your tongue with a cat's tongue so you would have a little sandpapery tongue was what this wizard would do to people but that and then at some point it was like yeah, and instead of saying now you would only be able to say meow and that we loved and we so we knew we wanted to do something with that and then that turned into like yeah us just screaming meow at each other and then like. The kid from the front desk called and said they were like our neighbors were complaining that they were a bunch of dudes screaming now at each other in the next room and we just like we got to do something with it. I don't know what it is but we got to do something with this and that was really one of the first that may have been the kind of the the the, the origin of the concept that these guys would have games that they would play mm-hmm. on people was it oh no these guys should fuck with people and and I think that was probably where it all began really that's the most fantastical explanation for I never yeah. <laughs> assumed yeah. that it was going to be like 
I thought you were gonna be like, well, you know, in college our RA was kind of a dick, so we'd be like, hey, meow, and, he, and we always would mess up. Nope, it was a wizard yep. who <laughs> cursed you with a cat tongue, <laughs> and not just cursed you as a cat, but with a tongue that specifically makes you say na- meow instead of now. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. Is it? And we talk about being the point man in these riff sessions and writing all these things down. I mean, <laughs> you have to believe me when I say that you, you would. I, I, being a point man on any of our movies, but especially that, you would look back at your notes the next day and it would be like, what? Like, this doesn't even make sense. What the, what the fuck was this? And you go through and, you know, like 90% of it, you're like, that's just stream they're not gonna, of They're not going to arrest a wizard yeah, yeah, in this yeah, movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you you know, you find that, you know, one out of every 10 things is like, oh, no, that makes sense, what we were laughing about last night. Yeah. Let's play the meow clip right meow if we could. Is that, you have it up, meow? What's our current tally? The registration. 31. Uh, Hurry up, meow. (laughs) Sorry. These meows don't count. Is there something funny here, boy? No. Well, then why are you laughing, Mr. Larry Johnson? You like my southern accent? I was was going to say, like, you're a Colorado boy who went to college in New York. Am I saying meow? I want southern on us. It wasn't Terry I, I, from Badlands of Cain. Don't think that. Yeah, you know how fast you were going. It's your go-to. Meow, what is so damn funny? I could have swore you said meow. I could have swore Oh, that's, said. that's the best part. Do I look like a cat to you, sir? Do I look like a cat to you, sir? Yeah, that was the first scene that was shot. So that was morning one uh, of Super Troopers. And uh, Gaffigan, uh, I remember... Just and, and we also like we didn't know we had done a movie before, but we didn't kind of just know what you're supposed to do in many ways. And I remember that that morning, we had just we all got dumped on the side of the road. There was not like holding area. There, I don't even think there were. We hadn't even thought to put chairs down for people to sit in. And I remember, you know, but I was we were all geeked. We were we were going. We'd gotten the money. We we're ready to go. And I and I and I see Gaffigan get out of a pass van and looking around like. It's not I? even a fucking chair for for me. And he came Call over my to me. Right now. I uh, he came over. And I introduced myself. He's like, "Yeah, well, where's the fella get coffee around here?" It was you know, like six in the morning, and I was like, "I remember the happy like, ooh, this Hollywood diva over here wants coffee in the morning. It's, it's he wants a, a bottle of water yeah, or exactly. a chair. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna be sitting in a car the entire scene, all right, diva? And it's funny how like that that is." It's 100 percent true, especially if you come up as just like a core group of you. Mm-hmm. You never, you never think of these things as you're going. I remember the first movie that I ever produced, and I'm driving people back and forth because we couldn't park a certain place and stuff like that. And I get this call on my cell phone: "Hey, man, where's the first aid kit?" I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? Snake bite kit, <laughs> Andy. We, like, we have 30 what? minutes I'm until like, this. We're fight. shooting a drama. Who got hurt? You know, like, like, <laughs> like, what point? But you just, you don't, you don't yeah. think of these things. And I, I can't imagine, like. Because, see, like, I've never gotten to shoot on film. But you guys shot on – you guys are shooting this movie in 35-millimeter film. So you had, like, a Panavision camera and no chair. <laughs> crazy. $200,000 worth of glass and not a coffee pot inside. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're supposed to feed people? Mm, awesome. Whatever. <laughs> I actually the, – the worst craft services I ever had was on a UCLA directing scene. Uh, when I first moved out here, I did a. I used to do sign up on LA casting for like a UCLA directing scene, and what that meant was they would recreate shot for shot a scene from a famous movie. Oh, that's cool. And I did Body Heat. Sure. Where yeah, the William I, I was the William, and I had like a white V-neck on, and I was smoking cigarettes, and I don't smoke, and they, I had to smoke an entire pack in like a like a half a pack in about a two hour period and I started getting so lightheaded I couldn't even close my hand I, I was trying to close my fist and I was like what's happening they're like you need to get some food so I go over to craft services it's Doritos and Oreos for a 6am shoot <laughs> and Mountain Dew I'm like what What? this is a college craft service table it's, yeah. d- that's what yeah. I ate in college but Andy and I both of our eyes lit up yeah, like, like, holy mm-hmm. shit really? Oreos and, <laughs> and Doritos <laughs> put them together were they, wait were they like the name brand Doritos <laughs> they were, they were, like, they were they like, weren't the fake Oreos yeah, no they were real they were <laughs> oh, real so, the, the German couple they're two of my favorite cameos in the movie and um, the mustache ride can we play that clip just because I love it so much who wants a mustache ride I'm gone I'm gone I'm gone I'm gone I'm gone 
I don't. I, I, there's so many times in my life where this has come up, where we've just said, "Who wants a mustache ride?" in the most weird and inopportune moments. And like I said, whenever I had a beard or anything, I would say I'd come home and look at my wife and be like, "Who wants a mustache ride?" And she's like, "That is don't. That's the grossest way I you just, can ask I, for a kiss from I, me." I can't. I don't even. That's not a. I don't think that's a mustache ride, is it? No. I yeah, know I what I'm at home. I know what a mustache <laughs> ride is, guys. <laughs> But I'm not going to describe to the audience what it means in context of my wife, all right? Strangers would give me such a dirty look when I ask them if they want a mustache. Ask my mom for a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Get over here, mom. Get Get over here, mom. 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 Come on. You want a mustache? (laughs) Family reunions. Now it explains why they got so awkward. Definitely. So now you know. There's so many. I feel like you've learned a lot in this. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I know. I know. Snozberries. Mustache ride doesn't mean a peck. Did you guys know this? Write me out. Oh man. Oh, man. Then uh, uh, so then how you? We haven't talked about yet that you're the uh, romantic lead in this. You have you have the romantic What's through line. About? Yeah. And uh, I like the scene where you um, win her over by flashing her mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. what looks like uh, I couldn't tell in the light, but it looks like pink tidy whities or something or yeah i think the idea was that i was wearing uh, women's underwear <laughs> under a trench coat as a way to endear myself yeah. to a woman who already thinks i'm an asshole <laughs> perfect <laughs> that's the beauty of uh, movies yeah. those things you, you, you buy that uh, uh, can we yeah. play the uh, the flasher foster the flasher clip i have Oh, the humanity. It's the apologies like a moose. It's like a oh, moose. No. I think he's going back again. So where did, uh, where did this voice come from? Where, what was the uh, idea behind? Uh, oh, the human- it sounds it. like a crazy ant uh, <laughs> who hangs out and just, you know, it's- talks about people being bulgy. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> I, there's almost a little Harvey Firestein in there before yeah. he got real throaty. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, when we were writing the movie and we were out trying to get it sold, we were staying, we were crashing on the floor of a, of a guy's house, a guy named DJ Paul, who talks like that. And hysterical dude, heterosexual, yet spent all his time on eBay buying like belt buckles and, and tight fitting <laughs> denim jackets. And he would, he would like compliment your pants and give you a swat on the ass. But swear to God, not gay. Always had a girl over. But then he'd he'd say things like, "We'd be watching sports. We like took over his place and started watching like ball games and stuff." And he would say, uh, "Oh, who's this playing?" I'd be like, "Well, it's uh, it's it's the Mets." He'd say, "Oh well, that's not my sport. I'm a I'm a football guy myself." Has the season started yet? Like, well, you're, not a, you're not a fucking fan if you just ask me. Has the season started yet? Has the season started yet? <laughs> So that's the go. If, if if you're hanging out with Broken Lizard, and you and you fuck up like that, like we all just if you say something dumb, uh, uh, that tends to be the response that the guys will get. Was like, oh, has the season started? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, this is uh, the one thing that I think is funny is that every story is you guys crammed in a small room together, yeah. Yeah. and I mean that is where greatness. Yeah. it's definitely where greatness happens. I can't imagine what it must have been like the first time you guys like like. You know, Super Trooper sells, you make some money, you get like a big development deal, and you guys all went to like different apartments, and then I, I imagine you called each other and like, this fucking sucks. I'm like way by myself right now. Like, did that happen to you guys? Yeah, yeah, because we all, I mean, for years and years, we all, you know, lived together in New York, you know, went to college together, guys lived together in college, um, moved out to New York, Eric and I lived together, or the other three guys were living together. Um, and that's been the you know the interesting thing about adapting to as as we've all gotten older and just out of necessity we're you know <laughs> live different ways but um, our writing process then was very amorphous because there was this uh, we were hanging out all the time and when we were hanging out we were riffing and then we were riffing okay sometimes we were kind of writing but it all kind of blended together so there wasn't like okay now is writing time we're sitting down to write yeah um it was that all that we did for years and years uh, um was just hang out and and uh, go to movies together and, and and dick around together and and it was that that always turned into generating material that became, especially for, for, for Super Troopers, how, how that movie got written. And so, you know, that's been the challenge, too, on, on a sequel is trying to capture that as guys in their 40s married with kids who have a ton of shit on their plates, who it's hard to schedule 
five hours together oh, yeah. in a yeah. week. Uh, um, and then you sit down and, and, and it's just, you, you try to make it the same vibe, but then it has this sort of pressure. Like, okay, well, shit, okay, we've got to, got to get, be, be really funny. And then, and, 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 but the, the clock's ticking and, and, um, yeah, so that's, you know, I get what you mean, though, because like you were saying earlier about uh, when you would perform on stage and stuff in, in sketches and things like that with your troupe, uh, my wife and I did similar things where we'd do these big blowout like sketch shows, and, and the only people that would ever come is our friends, and like you said, a lot of, even when I used to do stand-up, it would be like a bringer show, and you had to bring ten people, and mm-hmm. there would be a guy there going, you only have nine, so is your tenth person coming? And it's like, <laughs> fuck, you have nine people because of me. Go fuck yourself. Right. Like, and um, <clears throat> that gets exhausting, and I'm, I'm married now we have a condo and, and HOA, I'm on the HOA, all this nonsense, all this nonsense adult stuff now that in your 20s and in college you don't have. And you're right, it is difficult to try and find time to meet with people and be creative. And so there's like this this energy when you're first starting out of like, oh, we can't all crash on a floor together or ha- hang out till 5 in the morning and write. And now it's like midnight and all my friends are like, fuck, dude, what are we doing out still? Yeah. <laughs> but even just the... All that added responsibility of adulthood yep. just crams away the brain space you used to devote to just thinking stupid thoughts yep. and just going on flights of fancy. And, you know, it's tough. And, and fortunately, yeah, my wife has been willing to take a lot of that that I've thrown on her. But, yeah, then when it comes down to something that that needs to be dealt with or thought about, I find myself very resentful because it's like, God damn it, why am I thinking about the gutters, like that's time yeah. I usually would be spending thinking oh, yeah. about, you know, Action Jackson. <laughs> right, right, right. Something like, that. like today, I was I was in the middle of writing notes for the show, and then I get an HOA email about like we need to get a no nudity sign for the hot tub, so the one person who bathes nude at five in the morning stops doing that. And I'm like, I don't want to think about this right now. <laughs> Why is this my response? I'm not even getting paid to do this. So I gotta go create my own no nudity sign in oh, our in like our hot tub. Do you want a copy of it? I want to play <laughs> a shirt. I'd like I'd like I'd like to play that. I just like to put that in my own hot tub. So we we were talking about <laughs> my wife's like good call. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about uh, uh, Farva earlier, and one of my favorite Farva scenes is the um, liter of cola scene. Can we do the? Can we play the liter of cola? Give me a uh, liter of cola. <laughs> a what? A liter of cola. Liter of cola? Do we make liter of cola? <laughs> well, you just order a large farva. I don't want a large farva. I want a goddamn liter of cola. See, that's... <laughs> and we talked about farva, too, and trying to pin down what his pathology is. But, like, that line, I don't want a large farva, encapsulates... Yeah. Exactly. Like, he is making a joke, I guess. Or does he really think that he... Like, I, I think <laughs> like he's yeah he's upset, but he he has to say something th- that he thinks is funny, even when he's pissed off. Yeah, he's a complicated. He's guy. a very complicated guy. He's idiosyncratic, but that's for it's, sure. It's one of those things like, and this is a you know this is a huge tribute to you guys. Is, and I was literally talking about this in another meeting today. Was this idea that you guys' characters are. Like there's no question of who you are. The the moment we yeah. see we see everybody. Like you, the moment you see Jay, you know. Okay, he's a straight man. He's kind of the leader. When he mm-hmm. goes, mother, mother of God. God. You're like you're like okay, you know. He okay, got it. He he can do, he can play both sides. And your your line where you're like can't make him speed. You're like this dude doesn't give a shit about me. <laughs> you yep. know, but it's funny. Like hanging out with his friends. And Farva's the like same way. Like everybody, every character within three lines, you're like that's that guy, right? Yeah, yeah and I think that's. An advantage that we had of having an audience not know who we were up to that point is I think that that anytime you know there are actors who are able to you know do these really sort of seamless transformations, but um, I think for the most part people were able to see that and just immediately bought that that's just who who we were. Yeah. yeah. I, I wondered uh, how many times do you think uh, Foster uses the dummy as a. T- <laughs> That's my. Fi- I love your intro where there's a dummy in the front seat and you're just casually coming up from fishing. <laughs> like that's just because I've often thought how many times in my life would it help to have a dummy to get in the carpool lane, and mm-hmm. I've thought how often would that work versus if I got pulled over, how screwed I would be by People a cop. get busted. I feel like you read about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. About People it do that, too. Yeah. I think there was, wasn't there an, ep- there was an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where he, like, <laughs> he, he had a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. There's a short film I saw once years ago where a guy worked at a morgue and he would take dead bodies home so he could get in the carpool lane. Very dark. That's actually pretty smart. But hilarious. No. Do you think uh, there were other uses for the dummy to, that you guys ever 
went through or anything like that? Did you filter through any other ideas, or was that just kind of a one-off joke for Foster? Probably. I mean, there, there was a period of time where we had a ventriloquist dummy in the office, and so there was always somebody doing something, you know, nasty with that right. uh, with that. Oh, uh, the humanity! Dummy. His name was Billy, uh, a classic sort of haunted-looking ventriloquist dummy. So, yeah, I, you know. Looked like he could be in a comedy or a James Wan film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I, 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 I'd have to think back, but I'm sure there was going to be some more naughty things done. Even in that scene, I, I, it's starting to come back to me. There was going to be more dummy humor in that scene. <laughs> well, I want to I run through a few more sound clips, and uh, we do have to wrap up here in a little bit so we can do I Talk Movies, which is coming up next. But well, um, we're going to finally talk about movies yeah, right, yeah, instead yeah. of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about their new film, Badlands of Kane. Uh, shenanigans. Can we play the shenanigans clip? Because this is... Uh, shenanigans was a specifically, as far as I know, a Midwest slash East Coast chain. I don't know if... Was it out here? I think here? you're talking about Bennigans. Bennigans? Bennigans is a real thing. I yeah. don't... Is this another thing where it shenanigans is wasn't real? Shenanigans isn't real. God damn it. Yeah. Listen. Uh, yeah, I mean. I never went. I, you know, I went to Bennigan's all these years thinking yeah. it was shenanigans. God damn it. Look at this. I, I usually. Mean, that's, that's, I can't guarantee that there's not an establishment right. named shenanigans. But. Audience, uh, tweet at me if, the, if you've ever been to a shenanigans restaurant. You they guys also, sold me on it. They also used being... shenanigans in waiting. I think there was a, another. I think that was the, that name, was the, ro- that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. name of the restaurant they worked at. See, I've just been incepted that shenanigans is real, and I haven't... I just I, Here's the problem. I believe everything that movies tell he me, does. and I just say, snozberries are real, shenanigans <laughs> are real, and uh, got you good, chicken fucker. Uh, I just combined two quotes. Can we play the shenanigans? I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. <clears throat> hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans? You mean shenanigans? Oh. oh! We would say that all the time in college as well, and I feel like all of us thought shenanigans was real. It's okay, I'm having an awakening today about uh, about things. I feel like we, you, like, there's a whole other show we gotta do, like, just be like, hey, Ben, what else do you think is real? <laughs> right, right. It's like the Matrix, where you're like, like allowing you to see the world. What's happening? He's just like, it's like, I can't wait to tell Ben that Superman's not a real guy. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let's get we'll get to the end here of the of the movie. There's there's a little bit of a, a falling out between you and Ursula, which I love the fact that you guys named a super cute girl Ursula, like the the kind of most bizarrely. Oh, it's an attractive name. Disney yeah. villain. Ursula Andress, oh, right? I just well, think was, of, there was a girl that we went to college with named Ursula. Uh, so it was she was named after Ursula Hansen. For a while there, I always or named the characters in rough drafts of things. I always named characters Natalie because I I was obsessed with Natalie Portman, and then my wife started being like, "She's not Natalie is not going to exist in this movie." <laughs> oh, you're writing a love scene with your character Natalie. That's very interesting. Nat- Natalie's real. Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman is real, guys. Right? <laughs> yes. But uh, I want to I want to play the cracked on my heart line because I think it's such a funny line. Can we play that? No one? idea. Did you pick me because you thought you could manipulate me? How? How could you even say that? Because you crapped on my heart. <laughs> I what on your heart? Because <laughs> you say that so sincerely, and then her reaction just like, what the f- I don't even understand what that means. Yeah, it's the biggest challenge is trying to insert jokes into the romantic beats yeah. of, a, of a comedy. Yeah. And so that was an example of like, I don't know, what if I say something stupid? I don't know. You know, you just, because it's, it's, you know. Wants to be a bit of an earnest moment yeah. there because you you want you're invested hopefully in these guys now but you know then you want it that's why I think I think that's why we had uh, you know Mac runs in a rabbit rabbit still got the bear fucker costume on it was like just anything that we can do to make sure the audience doesn't walk out in in, in those parts of the movie so yeah. but I think that's what grounds this movie is that you have to have. You have to, I think that your storyline with Ursula grounds it in something that you're rooting for because that, that has to happen in these because otherwise it's just a bunch of guys goofing off and they don't really have an arc that they get. I think your character has the most arc where everybody else kind of is status quo at the end doing their same shenanigans, not the <laughs> fake restaurant. But, you know, you've, you've grown by the end, I feel like, and I think you need that. You need somebody who you're rooting for who's kind of the, the voice of the audience who 
And and who can say really hilarious things like you crapped on my heart in a very earnest right. earnest way? There's an, there's another there's another part that like doesn't get talked about a lot, but it's 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 hilarious. Is when you show up for the, the incognito date and you're yes! in like the sure, full sure, sure. You got the biker. <laughs> yeah, you're like biker. biker. Ah. Yeah. Which was you'll appreciate this as a director. That was that joke was not written into the script. We were we were. I can't remember whether our intention was that they were both in biker outfits or they were both in bicyclist outfits, um, but we it was that day we showed up to the set and our wardrobe person was like, I wasn't sure what you meant, so I brought both. I'll never yes. forget that moment of like, we looked at her Perfect. and we looked at each other and we were like, oh my, oh my God. God. You know, like that... That's what's cool, like shit that like that, that happens. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, that joke would never have existed. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite bits because essentially we didn't write it. It just kind of it fell into our laps. I also like your your uh, undercover costumes when you get in the semi truck, which is oh, like it's like the world's it. worst like hillbilly sketch characters. Like, all right, we're gonna go and ride this truck into the sunset, and it's just like these blatant wigs. And I love that that's the Highway Patrol in in Spurberry County's idea of undercover work. <laughs> yes. and, and it was. About as broad as we got. I mean, those are the other arguments that we tend to get into. It's like, how broad is too broad? Because that scene actually, the first iteration of of that scene actually had us driving off in the semi and going to a truck stop and doing some investigation. And there was originally going to be that we get into a fist fight with some truckers. And uh, I was going to have been wearing a fake mustache. And I get punched by the trucker. And my fake mustache goes flying off, and all the truckers are delighted that their their buddy punched me so hard that he punched the mustache <laughs> off my you face. Got the mustache off, yeah, mustache that, off that guy. It was, it was that moment, like like Mac and I were supposed to look at each other, like, "Oh, we're fucked. What are we gonna do now?" And we kind of open our mouths to say something, and they are all like, "Yeah, you punched him so hard, you punched the mustache off his face." And I remember that fight being like, "All right, but." How dumb are can you make a human being yeah, in a movie it, before you're 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 going into Zucker it, territory? It, yes, it's a, that in a, in a comedy. Yeah. I mean, we fought we fought back and forth. I mean, it wasn't like a fight. No, no, it no. Was it, like, was, it was a discussion challenge, sure, like yeah. in Funhouse, where it was just like we wanted to play the humor straight and not go into kind of scary movie territory. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, like, I always equated like my thing with all the department heads was like, I want it to be a fish story that your dad tells you. I want the fish to be unbelievable. To a point. Like, it can't be too big that everybody's like, fuck you, that's not even right, real. Right, right, yeah. right. But, you know, but it's still, like, big enough that everybody's like, cool fish. Right. Yeah, I mean, we almost never in the group argue about whether something's funny or not. The arguments are about, have we stretched yeah. the yeah. boundary too much of, of reality? Yeah. I think we have to wrap up here pretty quick. So I wanted to let the audience hurry up, know. Meow. <laughs> hurry up, meow. Hurry up, meow. I wanted to see if right now we could tell the audience a little bit about Super Troopers 2, uh, mm-hmm. what they can expect. Um, we've gone over to a decent amount, but when, uh, if there's any uh, sneak peeks or anything you can give us or anything, I understand if it's top secret too. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're really trying to play it close to the vest in terms of any details about it because I think that's I have a feeling actually people don't want to know yeah. I think people oh, yeah. will want to but sit guys, down and be like okay where the hell are these guys going to go with this and you guys all these years later so what we did was yeah we, the, the deal that we made with Fox was that we would raise the money for it so we did the Indiegogo campaign which turned out great um, but we also have to do with the studios we're raising the, the like marketing budget mm-hmm. and then that so we were able to get that money go shoot a bunch of the movie um, and then take some time off while we finished raising uh, the marketing money. And uh, so we've got that now, and we're set to go back and, and finish up um, in the summer. So then, you know, I think, I don't know what the timeline would be. So then it's up to Fox yeah. uh, sort of when But no matter out. what, Super Troopers 2 is happening. And we're very excited about that. And I know our fans, uh, make sure you guys follow everybody on this stage here. This Mm -hmm. fun little stage right now. Uh, Because Super Trooper 2 is coming out. I'm sure you guys are going to start posting about it when the time, I know that the timeline of things and all that. Yeah, we do updates through Broken Lizard, uh, uh, at Broken Lizard, um, or through our Indiegogo uh, business. So, yeah. All right. Well, this has been uh, one of my favorite times on this show, right, Meow? Because I love this movie, and it just means so much to have Foster himself in this audience. In the, it's in, in, the, in the crowd here. What am I saying? I'm just making up words now because I'm still reeling from shenanigans not being real in Snozberries. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Guilty Movie Pleasures this week. Where can they find you guys? Where can we find you on social media so everybody knows? At Petri Andy. P-E-T-R-I Andy. 
at Paul Soder uh, or my Facebook page. I still have a, the, I have a Facebook yeah, page. Other people have Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah I still have yeah, a Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, why not? And at Broken Lizard as well. I'm at Ben Begley, at The Ben Begley, and you can also find at Funhouse Mass, funhousemassacremovie.com. This guy right here directed it. We're going to be back very shortly with an iTalk Movies With episode where we're talking Badlands of Kane, the newest movie from these two right here, where we get to see Paul play a slightly darker character than you might be used to. So please tune into that. Also, make sure you comment on this YouTube video tell us what kind of video, what kind of movies you want us to do next give us some suggestions tweet at us like us on iTunes all that good stuff and until next time what is your guilty movie pleasure from producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek Christian Harloff and the entire Popcorn Talk Network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. You are freaking out, man. Man.